welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm back again with my wonderful wife, Leah, to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in an anxious post-Christian age. How's it going? How's the Monday vibes today? Good. Is that going to be the question of the week? How's the Monday vibe? This mic, I don't know if it's... Is it fine like this? Yeah, it's fine as long as you talk into it. Okay. Well, Monday is going good. I'm liking the sunshine. Just got back from a 9 a.m. chiropractor adjustment, which is interesting way to start the week. But feeling adjusted, feeling adjusted, well adjusted to life. It's just crazy how many cracks your body can make. Your body, and you not, and you and you be okay. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. Um, it's just I think it's kind of annoying how we barely hit the breezy season, and everyone's seems to be sick. Or got sniffles of some sort. It's like I'm trying to figure That's out. to be like, expected. Why? Probably. Like, why? What did we do? What did we all do in the past two weeks that everybody gets, like, a cold? Like, why? I feel I like st- I've I'm thought still through to it. That the, out. Ch- the temperature shifts a little bit. And then and you then don't what? prepare yourself. And your body is working hard to keep you warm. I've thought through this. I don't know if this is accurate. But here's my okay. theory. It's... It's not so much that people have been inside more than usual because it's still yeah because it's warm. still relatively but because warm. the nights are in the evenings and the mornings are colder but we're not prepared for it and we're not dressing our bodies for it um, we are exposing ourselves to colder temperatures and our body has to fight harder to like maintain warmth so it's like less it's more exposed to germs <laughs> immune Whoa, system that was loud <laughs> yeah it's more exposed to germs and it's like not as strong because it's trying to keep us warm that might be totally not scientific maybe i think there's some sort of correlation between cold weather and i remember asking my amp instructor about why is it that cold weather makes us more susceptible to i've actually was it doc yeah because i asked him because technically technically it's just a temperature shift like what does that have to do with your immune system because the bugs are all there it's not like there's more viruses there's not what more he viruses. Told me was that people are just indoors more. That was his answer, and they're all like, you know, together more and stuff. Yeah. But I think your I mean, body's shifting true. temperature. But do you get the same amount of colds when you have people that are indoors at like conventions in the summer or something? You know, like you don't necessarily see that. I don't know. Who knows? I'm we're sure not, there's a whole not, science behind all of this. <clears throat> people who we're not immunologists, but. It's annoying, but here we are, all good. Pumpkin spice season is in, in, complete with the box of Kleenex. Yeah. Although it's probably been my healthiest year so far. I really don't get sick very much. Just like a yeah, me very neither. Minor actually, thing. we're so, thankful for that. Yeah. I think I think I got my immune system from my my dad because he never got sick ever, except this year for the first time. Yeah. Genetics plays a big part, For I sure. think, with immune, immune system. Genetics plays a huge part. Unfortunately, you can do all the things you can, but also people just, some people are just more susceptible. So yeah. anyways, we've been having this sermon series at our church the last couple of weeks about discipleship and relationships in particular, because discipleship has a lot to do with relationships. And so we were driving back after the sermon last yesterday, and I was and and you were giving me feedback about the fact that we need more practical content 
even though as a preacher I am trying to be as practical as I can be. But I think we've had a lot of practical content and I think it's a great start, but um I find in conversation that there's a lot of like, okay, but what does it look like? How does it feel like? What is it not? And I think that's a great question to start with. Like, what are relationships? Okay, what are, there are relationships. We have acquaintances and relationships that might be in our minds. Like, oh, that's someone I'm close to. Or that's someone we, that I feel like is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, they're my friend. But maybe if you ask the other person, they don't feel that way. Like, I think there's certain things we need to just have categories in our minds for. Mm. So that we're aware that. Maybe our perception of how close or deep this relationship is is not the same for the other person. Hmm. Um, and I guess the question is what what is what what needs to be included in a relationship for it to be a true friendship or discipleship, a mentorship, and what does it not mean? Just because you spend time with someone, um, Maybe you get together every week for your small group and you chit chat about the weather and maybe something, your test that you took this week. You know, just yeah. because you have these light interactions to some people that feels good enough. Yeah. So they don't, they just, the surface level stuff and they consider that friendship or relationship. And I just, right. sometimes that's frustrating because that's just not it. You need a lot more and it takes a lot more intentionality and work. Yeah. And I guess today that's what we want to kind of unpack and discuss yeah well the thing the tough thing is that you know discipleship includes uh f helping others follow jesus and that takes such a massive variety of uh forms in our life right it takes yeah. it, sometimes it's through official instruction groups theology classes even books you know like me reading a book is a form of me being a disciple of jesus because the author is helping me follow jesus better but at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about being effective disciple makers and disciplers. It means like if I'm a fruitful person in the church, it means that I'm becoming a person who is forming more genuine, meaningful connections and relationships, right? So yeah. my relationships are reaching the parts of people's lives that are significant to their sin struggles and right. their progress in holiness. Right. Yeah. So, so maybe that's a that's a key. There's we we we've talked about this word intentionality in the last couple of weeks with the sermons. And if you guys want to check them out, if you guys are not from our church, you want to check them out. You can always look up Living Word Bible Church in the podcasts, and you'll see our little leaf logo Living there. Living Word Bible Church Bellingham, because there's another Living Word somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, Living Word Bible Church. You know, and you'll you'll find it. Yeah, it's not it's not the charismatic church from Texas or Arizona. There's there's one from there, and there's us we're baptists um but yeah you can see see the sermons there or you can look on youtube too you can see the sermons there um so we've talked about intentionality like discipleship is intentional in our relationships we have to be mindful of the fact that we are called to be um, a blessing to people around us intentionally to be a, a source of grace a christ-likeness love right and but not only intentionality, I think so what you're getting at here is that in our interactions, um, we as people need to be learning to be reaching the significant aspects of our hearts that 
are our weekly battles with sin and progress in holiness, right? Yeah. So if all of my relationships are like surfacey chit chat about the weather and politics and whatever, and occasionally sprinkle in a a Bible thought, if it basically if those conversations do not require any form of vulnerability, yeah, then you're not really progressing in uh, a relationship that has meaningful contribution to my growth and change. Right. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that you're if you're standing around talking after church with people, you're like digging into their souls. Yeah, I think there's... <clears throat> Here the we're talking obviously... about the regular relationships, right? Right. Like with your people in your group or people who you do fellowship group with or you meet up for accountability or a book club or you you have some sort of you know we have context in our life where it's a little bit more intentional a little bit more deep where i mean all the relationships are going to be different but you as a christian you have to um you have to have like a, a group of people in your life who are kind of more designated as the trustworthy uh people who equip you right right so so whatever that circle of people is and and whatever that circle is that you're part of where you consider those people the more trustworthy kind of deeper collection of people where you share you know your life right and, and you know that even varies too so you have like super close friends you you share like intimate struggles with mm -hmm. right but like in the context of group you know, groups can be different. Some groups are really small and you have three or four good friends, like lady friends that are, yeah. you know, you get together. Some groups are a little bigger right. and a little bit more diverse, you right. know, like uh, like our group, our young adults group is a little bit bigger and a little bit more diverse. Mm -hmm. um, so when we meet up with the guys and the girls separate, like obviously it's not going to be this soul deep stuff, but you want to make a goal of like, oh, these are my people with whom I'm growing with over time. So I want to, intentionally uh, cultivate a, a sense of deeper trust and openness right? right and it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with every single person right. and bear your soul to everybody obviously that's there's wisdom you know you don't want to be doing that but i think that as christians on the same journey towards you know sanctification <clears throat> and holiness there has to be a certain level of intentional openness intentional letting people in right letting allowing other fellow christians who are on the same path as you to see you struggle and admit that mm -hmm. um ask for prayer i think it just should be a yeah you know confessing sin maybe not you know all your deepest darkest things there are certain people that need to be that you trust that you need to have more private conversations with but just like a, a regular um week week in week out sharing of the general struggles you've had that week mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be super detailed it doesn't have to be but i feel like people are afraid to open up which i understand and so we we choose topics that are easy and and lighter like mm -hmm. i have a test this week so can you pray for my test which is a good that's not i'm not saying that's not a that for, may be a starting point yeah but or like um very general surface level things and we'll use those needs always right. when really um we have deeper things we're dealing with all of us yeah and it's scary to talk about them and maybe you're not going to do it in a you know a group with 10 other people 
But when it's a smaller context, I think it's so important to at least work on yourself to be someone who is um, on a journey towards being more open. Yeah. Because being closed up is never going to be, it's never going to help you. Well, here's the thing. The bottom line is if you want to have meaningful relationships, meaningful relationships, they require trust, mutual trust and mutual respect, right? So you can't have uh, mutual trust and mutual respect are impossible without vulnerability. So you you have to be able to, like I can't, it doesn't matter what an, what kind of nice and trusting person I am, if I know nothing about you, I, it's impossible to trust you. Right. Uh, it's not that I'm not trusting. It's just that trust by definition involves knowledge of the other. Yeah. And so uh, trust and vulnerability are two essential ingredients in meaningful relationships. And so the depth to which you go in sharing who you are and what your struggles are is the depth to which you are inviting people into those struggles. Mm -hmm. And that is where you build trust. Mm -hmm. You know, so like we've all had situations where we've shared something meaningful with somebody and they've responded by like, meh, like, like as if they didn't notice that I just shared something meaningful to you. Yeah. Uh, That person is not going to uh, be a person that you're growing in a meaningful relationship with. Yeah. Or you're at least not both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're going to be continually like, trying to reach this person or Mm -hmm. deepen this relationship but like it doesn't matter like how vulnerable you are if that person doesn't respond in like oh wow yeah i hear you um how can i help or Mm -hmm. wow that's significant just acknowledging that Mm -hmm. um there can be no progress in that relationship and there can be no growing trust so if you want to form meaningful relationships you have to be mindful of that you have to be mindful of the fact that like i have to let people in yeah. my life and and i have to also be very in tune with when someone is letting me in you know like when yeah. they're sharing something i need to be like listening because that is right. very significant if someone is sharing with you something that's a significant struggle in their life it might be like insignificant to you but when you're lis- when you learn to take people in and listen to people uh, you'll recognize that they're sharing something really meaningful. Yeah. Somebody could be ta- talking about a flat tire they had that this week, but their facial expression and their emotions are telling mm-hmm. you that it was a really tough moment. Yeah. And it's not about the flat tire. It's about what they're, how vulnerable they're being with you, you know? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think we need to be, as people of God, we need to be, intentional in the way we like you're saying the way we listen and the way we take people in and notice people if you're someone who is noticing other people who is watchful of people's hearts and you'll see trends maybe some people keep bringing up a struggle that they might mention it lightly but you keep hearing them say Mm -hmm. you know i'm struggling with my mom or my mom this week was upset with me and just lightly will mention but if, if there's someone you care about and have a relationship with, you can say, hey, how's that going? Is there something I can pray for? Right. Is that... When you loop back you to something with they've that? mentioned. Um, because you can so easily miss that when you're just so focused on your own insecurity, on your how you look a, come, or how you come across the people. And we sit there so self-absorbed 
all people have this tendency. It's not just some people are more or less. Like we all have a tendency to be self-aware and miss other people who mm-hmm. are around us who are struggling and sharing. And maybe they're not trying to be intentionally open, but they'll make comments. And if you're watching and listening, you can pick up on that and use that as an opportunity to love them. Right. And maybe they're not open to share with you, but at least they'll feel heard or seen. Right. And I think... If we spend all our time talking, you know, it's okay to be talkative, but I think if you sit there and you're the one talking all the time yeah, about yourself and your problems and your struggles and you don't really pick up on other people's stuff, like you generally don't see that in yourself that you notice people and mm-hmm. you notice their tendencies and you notice things they tend to speak. That's a problem. I think you need to really work on listening. Right noticing other people what they're saying right if they're being more quiet one day then they're usually being quiet like picking up on them be like Mm -hmm. are you okay are you like we should be people who are just we love so we should be people who love others Mm -hmm. well and loving others well takes a lot of homework a lot of the time it takes a lot of prayer about them it just it takes a lot more than people think yeah and are willing to so let's break this down to a few principles because we're interlacing a few essential things right and i think personally like jesus is the perfect example of this stuff but these basic principles of like relationship relational health you know so the first thing we said was letting people in like as a person if you're generally like not able to share what's going on in your life um you're not able to invite people into your struggles that's not going to be you're not going to be able to build trust if you're always out to like um hear other people or if you're just talking if you like to talk a lot talk a lot about there's a way to talk about your life a lot like you're just saying without actually letting anyone in yeah do your friends feel like they know your your struggles yeah you know um do the people around you and again we complain of like oh you know we don't have enough community or whatever. Like we want deeper connections in our small groups. or And, and like that's really an important observation and it's an important thing to, to set as a goal. But the question is how do we get there? Well, we mm-hmm. get there by thinking about how can I invite other Christians around me to carry my burdens with me? Mm-hmm. And of course that vulnerability means some, some, some people are going to let you down. Like you're going to share some challenging stuff and some people are not totally not going to care because they're just selfish and you know immature Mm -hmm. but some people will and that's where that connection continues to deepen Mm -hmm. you know like that's one of the things about jesus that's one of the most striking things is that um being god incarnate Mm -hmm. the perfect god man Mm -hmm. he still invited his disciples into his deepest most challenging moments right you know he invited them in in the garden he is troubled and he's asking please come with me and pray with me i need you guys yeah. right now yeah you know like he genuinely needed his friends yeah like if god can do it then so can you right. or even look at the apostle paul like the super apostle you know the superman of ministry mm-hmm. the amazing you know and yet you read the epistles and they are incredibly personal yeah. very personal oh yeah and they're not they're personal to his own struggles right you know in corinthians he talks about how 
you know, he had this struggle, this thorn in the side that he pleaded God to please mm-hmm. take this away. He had a, a struggle in his life and God wouldn't take it away. And God mm-hmm. taught him a lesson through that suffering. So like he's opening up his soul, like yeah. his deepest stuff. And he invites constantly, please pray for me. You know, right. there's a, I think it's in Ephesians where he says, you know, pray for me that I may declare the gospel boldly. Like basically he's like, pray for me so that I wouldn't be afraid. Yeah. So anyways, like inviting people in, right? Yeah. That's like if you if if people around you don't feel like they know anything about your real struggles. Yeah. You're not going to have meaningful discipleship well, relationships. Well, and that's going to um if people don't feel like they know your struggles, they're not going to open up their struggles to you because right. you're a closed book, you're keeping everything really tight in your chest and you know, how why would they want I think there's a, a give and take with right. if people feel generally like you're willing to share that, you know, there's things you're struggling with, people feel more comfortable opening up and feeling like maybe you can help them with what right. they're going through and be encouraging and and all that. And I, I get that it's scary, I think. And maybe you've, your past experiences have been horrible where you have opened up and someone judged you or, you know, went and gossiped about you. And that's a horrible thing. To have experienced but don't let that define how you live your life going forth yeah the the i love that quote from c.s lewis where he talks about like um you know the heart that is afraid to open up and experience love and vulnerability yeah is is a heart that is that is locked up and safe but in that locked up condition it becomes cold and hard and yeah. un- unfeeling yeah so the the alternative to pain is death yeah um you know obviously there's wisdom here because like you don't overshare you know like that's another um temptation for girls i think i don't know there's this like okay people have a problem with being closed up and not open but then sometimes there's this like the culture teaches us to be Mm -hmm. so vulnerable that it's like my feelings i yelled at my kids and i didn't wash the dishes for a week and they just like let everything out yeah and it's all the dirty one, laundry. Some other uh, podcaster called it like emotional immodesty or something where it's oh, like that's funny. you talk about how you mistreated your husband all week and you just kind of let it all out. And I think that's um, lacking wisdom as well. You have to be careful how you um, how you share your struggles too. Don't right. just dump truck every single thought you had and every single emotion you felt yeah and the point because i think maybe there's some false sense of righteousness when like oh look i like at least i'm being honest or vulnerable yeah i'm just i'm just being well the point of sharing what your struggles are is to invite people to help you grow in those things pray for you support you whatever you know so yeah it has to be intentional. First of all, sensitive to you are loving the people that you're sharing to by sharing in a correct way for example like leaders have to be mindful of how they share their struggles Mm -hmm. we have to share our struggles you Mm -hmm. can't just be this leader who's a superstar i'm a super christian Mm -hmm. everything's great no way like that's not relatable at all because that's not even real but at the same time like when a pastor goes up there on and and spends the first 15 minutes talking about how he screamed at his kids and wife on the way to church and how he's just a wretched sinner it's like dude you just made yourself the story like yeah and and also like you know 
that's a little too much information that is now going to be embedded on people's minds instead of the truth that you're trying to share. Right. And maybe you already made it right in, in your family and repented yeah. of it, but there's still this lingering church just heard the, yeah. Yeah. and they're trying to process it. So, And here's the thing, like when you're sharing, you have to be mindful of the people you're with and and love them well by sharing your challenges in a way that you understand that they can process and understand you know right. like um it it's 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 uh proportionate to their maturity level sort of you know what i'm saying right um so yeah and having an awareness of that can be hard that's part of that's even even part of that is cultivating a loving heart yeah. that is like i'm not sharing for my own sake i'm sharing so that i can invite my brothers and sisters in christ into this struggle so that we can all grow together uh, and so that they can help me. It is for my sake, but it's also for their sake. Yeah, and know? I think another really important aspect of this is when you are sharing your struggles, make sure you are not dragging someone through the dirt, like your husband. Yeah. Um, that is a big mistake. Or that's that just person did okay. this to me. and th- Specifically saying the person's name and saying they mistreated me exactly in this specific way. It's just, it's not loving towards the other person. Yeah. And especially don't do it about your spouse. That is... <laughs> a horrible thing to do where I'm just being vulnerable and open with my girlfriends but here I here I go talking about about my husband and how he mistreated yeah. me or how he never helps me with the kids or whatever um, if there isn't is a real marriage problem you should be you know careful and very private about who you share well your and you can share marriage with. struggles in a way that is veiled yes but also it, it spotlights your heart struggle and not all the details of the events of who right. said what yeah. no you can just talk about you know this week i have been battling my pride in my heart yeah. at home with my duties as a wife or as a husband yeah. as a father i've been really frustrated with my kids yeah and i realized that man i gotta grow in this area so if yeah. you guys can pray for me you know like there's a way to invite people into your struggle that is both genuine and wise right so so the the direct opposite or not opposite but like the corollary of that is um being a person who takes people in yeah so being being a person who invites people in to their life but also being a person who takes people in Mm -hmm. um and again when you look at jesus you look at the apostle paul you know two prominent examples you see you see a heart that is like here you guys are you know like it's just amazing to me like jesus is again the god man the creator of the universe and he walked around like hiding his identity um and he 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 noticed people like there's that scene i remember preaching through that passage where jesus invites uh the tax collector what was his name was it matthew or somebody I think it was Matthew, but the, the tax collector to be a disciple. And like, mm-hmm. basically this tax collector is this outcast in society. He's out there. He's a rebel. Mm-hmm. He's not a God follower. He's not a Bible believer. He is a selfish person. And mm-hmm. he's out there in the back, social outcast because of his foolish mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Jesus crosses all those boundaries. He sees him and he sees his struggle, mm-hmm. you know. Or again, Jesus at the campfire on the beach after his resurrection. He looks at Peter. Peter messed up. Peter denied him. But he looks at him and he's, he sees him. He sees Peter in his heart struggle. And he asks a question that is both convicting but also inviting. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So what does it mean to see people or take people in? And I think another story that I often remember from Jesus's ministry was when, um, I don't know the exact, I think there's a few instances, but when he's surrounded by a crowd and healing people and, you know, teaching as he's walking on the road and then someone touches the hem of his of his gown or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, you know, the hem of his clothing and he, he notices and stops. Um, I think that if we're people who are just talking a lot about ourselves and maybe not about ourselves about any topic and we interrupt people a lot, if we don't sense that someone is maybe down that day just like noticing people yeah takes 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 um takes work but it also takes you to just sometimes be quiet and like you know stop wanting to talk about yourself and like how are you noticing people and that's that quote that everyone says you know like be a there you are instead of a here i am person um watching how you tend to if you drown people out with the way you talk if you um I think drawing people out takes intentionality. It There's takes a skill specific questions, not just how are you. I think thinking about a person and what they might be interested in or what they, what you do know about them and their life and their kids and whatever they're doing, um, drawing them out, mm-hmm. not just letting them feel like they can give one-word answers to your one-word questions, and then that be the end of your conversation. And it, it's sometimes really, really hard because some people are very quiet and they don't want to open up to you and you're standing there thinking, what else do I even ask this person? But there needs to be a communication of love and care and I'm not just making small talk because I feel uncomfortable with you, but um, like a true yeah. interest in someone. Well, you have to get over your discomfort, first of all, of just our own personal emotional insecurity. Like we are uncomfortable being around people um, in a way that is personal. And it doesn't mean like personal, like exposing, but like even, you know, like being around somebody, spending time without some other thing that's distracting the both of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, that goes back to a daily washing of your brain and heart with the gospel truth, the affirmation of Christ, the justification you know that he's given you but then it's also see like you're saying people who talk and drown people out like i had the pro this problem i think you've like really helped me grow in it but like i just i try to notice people but like um, those those antennas are not developed in my consciousness as nearly as they are in yours Mm -hmm. and so like i'll just miss stuff like it's not because i'm all obsessed with myself Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes i'm too scattered in terms of like trying to say hi to everybody like at church or whatever mm-hmm. or a group and i actually miss people like i miss the details of like oh that person was seemed like they were unhappy like i, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice like mm-hmm. shoot like i gotta learn to notice that stuff mm-hmm. i forgot to ask that person about that prayer need that they told me about last week like i forgot yeah. um so like as a guy like i think it's just a, a thing that I got to cultivate. I got to, sometimes I think maybe I just need to slow my brain down and just like, just learn to chill and hang out mm-hmm. with people and just talk, mm-hmm. you know, uh, take in their week. What, what's, what's new with you, whatever. Like we've, we all have those people in our lives who are just so very present 
when they're with us. Like, yeah, yeah, it's and it's so like kind and it's and you soothing. Feel so loved it's not invasive. It's not like there's a, there's an invasive. They don't have an way. agenda when they're yeah, yeah, coming. Yeah. Like, how's your Bible reading? When they're with you, you just feel so loved by them, and just because yeah. they're they're all yours they they ask you something that you told them two weeks ago you mentioned something you're doing or you're a project you're working on or something that was difficult mm -hmm. and they will come and they will say oh how did how did that go and you just feel so loved by it like i i just so appreciate people like that and i want to learn from them yeah because they're not all loud and chattery and full of words mm -hmm. they're just like truly interested in you yeah and when was... you talk they actually listen and they don't interrupt with Oh, the same thing happened to me last week, and then start on their own story, which is another like. Or not only, but not only interrupting, but also sometimes just being quiet or not knowing how to. Or acting uninterested. Or or uncomfortable or, yeah, like that's and that you don't get that overnight. Like that takes skill to develop. Like yeah. I remember we were having doing a little pastor's breakfast here in town a few months ago, and I have this friend, pastor friend. Um, this guy that's it's just been such a blessing to hang out like i there's a few like people in my life who are like older more mature who like i can like some of this maturity can rub off on me a little mm -hmm. bit you know yeah and we were talking and this guy at the table was sharing about like a bunch of struggles in his personal life and mm -hmm. whatever and and i as the younger guy in the crowd was like kind of like not sure how to respond and this other pastor and again he's a pastor so he's good at this and uh, just the way he responded was very like caring and present and yeah. asking a couple more questions, not like dig down yeah, and not like hug and cry with you at that. Right. Like it's not like overly weird emotional yeah, and it's not overly weird digging in, but like this simple presence that like, Hey man, I hear you. Wow. Right. That's really tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how can we pray for you right now mm -hmm. or whatever? Like, yeah, that, that, that presence of basically if people walk away from you do they feel generally heard and seen yeah and not in a way that is exposing not in a way that's like shoot this person intimidates me because they're always analyzing me yeah like i don't want to be that person be that because you too. can be that person right like always feeling watched by someone and every word you say often like oh did you mean this or what did you like yeah you know that that can come across that way too you don't want to be like always watching people that's weird but I think we can all as Christians work towards um, seeing people, yeah. hearing people, and that takes work. Yeah, it takes a growth. Like if you're recognizing yourself that you're not very good at relationships, I think that's kind of like a huge starting point. Well, and it can bog you down like, oh, I, I want to be better, but I don't know. I think if you just recognize that over your lifetime, if you just pick something you're going to work on, like I'm just going to notice one person and or maybe in the people who are kind of my friends already i'm gonna ask them about something that they've mentioned in the past i'm gonna try to remember something they've said and then come come back around and say how did that go or how are you doing with that in your mm -hmm. life um just small steps make a big difference in the long run and if you just work on yourself and slow down a little bit and try to have self-reflection it, it goes a long way and i think we don't need to get all like I'm just, I'm such an introvert. It's so hard for me. Everyone can work on this and God blesses our relationships when we love people. Like yeah. he blesses when you try and I think you don't, like don't be, don't be discouraged because there's hope for everyone to develop this. Well, and I think as guys, especially like guys are a lot less relational in the sense that like broadly, mm -hmm. but like it's not, 
the point is not to have a million friends and fill billion connections with every person you come into contact with. The point is like focus on one or two people in your life that, you know, like God has put there and like focus on quality over quantity and like over time, little by little, learn to build trust. You know, like I think all of this stuff we're talking about culminates in that. It's like, do my relationships progress in trust? Is there a progressive deepening of trust um, yeah. mutually? Because, you know, if discipleship is speaking truth in love to people, um, you can only speak deep to the depth in proportion to which you have developed trust in that person. Yeah. I can't. Obviously, that doesn't mean that like, oh, well, I can't tell nothing to that person because I, I barely know them or something like, you know, there's times when, you know, you got to, you know, point something out or say mm -hmm. something or be honest to somebody in a, in a moment but like over time generally like in our relationships you can't just walk around be telling people how to live their lives when you don't even know them right and, and you don't even know what their struggles are they don't even know you you know so like you, you have to work at it uh, trust is something that you respect because over time when people trust you more and more um, you value that and you you steward that carefully you know, right. but like over time, like again, growing as a relationally healthy person and a person who's fruitful, you have to be growing in trust. There's, there's like a grow. You, we should be growing in the amount that we trust people in our life uh, to speak to us, to challenge us, to guide us, mm -hmm. and also, uh, there, I want to be deepening my trust with people. And that, earning the trust. Yeah, 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 earning their trust. I need to earn their respect. With guys especially, respect is a big thing. Yeah. Like we, we re, when we grow and respect each other rather than put each other down and, and critique one another mm -hmm. um, or just small talk, mm -hmm. that's how we grow in trust. Yeah. So. And I think that as Christians who grow up in like, oh, discipleship is so important, there can be a tendency in some people to like take this the wrong way and like everything is now ministry every person is my personal ministry so i'm gonna disciple the heck out of them and ask them how they're reading their bible every day and like drown them out and overwhelm them with my presence and i think that's not love that's not friendship is not relationships are not there's no formula for them you really have to cultivate it like a garden and you have to love people and earning their trust is a huge huge part of that because over time if people feel loved by you if they feel like you hear them you care for them they're going to open up to you and you have to honor that trust by not taking it for granted because mm -hmm. it can be lost easily so um you know when people share with you keeping their issues very private um never talking about it with other people truly praying for them yeah continuing to check back in and ask and during the week maybe send them if you read a bible verse that you feel like that would just bless them in their struggle send it to them yeah um help that you know keep them in mind as you're praying through whatever you're praying through that week yeah i think all these things add to that trust yeah i think so a final thing that maybe i would want to throw in here as an element or ingredient in relational health is courage yeah. Um, so, you know, you can talk about all this, like loving people, being nice, taking people in at the, you know, at the end of the day though, like when push comes to shove, um, our relationships are defined by the tough moments where sure. either I got to let people in and welcome difficult feedback. That's scary. Mm -hmm. 
uh, or I gotta speak and yeah. say something. Yeah. You know, we, I guess I gotta say something to this person that I see is off, and I'm uncomfortable. But I I care about them and I love them and I want to say it and yeah. I gotta communicate it, and that just takes courage. Like that's for sure. Like you have to take that leap. It's it's courage for when someone lovingly speaks to you the truth yeah uh it's courage when you you know like in leaders circles that's a big thing like among our pastors like i'm always trying to and again sometimes it makes me like kind of uncomfortable but like just opening that door and saying hey guys how do you think that went like what about what did i do you think that when i did this when i said this uh was i being too much or did i make a mistake here yeah, um, I love that about you. You've always had this like inviting feedback and it's a scary thing to do and for it's a lot not of people. Like, it's not always easy. And and especially when you invite the feedback and then you get it and yeah. you're like, shoot, I did yeah. mess up. Yeah. Like right. but but you when you see that it takes courage for them as brothers to give you some honest feedback. Like most of us don't want to give negative feedback to other people, yeah. like on a personal level. It's right. easy. Like our culture is like a critic culture, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. critiquing everybody. Yeah. But that's not personal. When it's personal and it's somebody that you care about and to say something that they messed up on, yeah, um, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and so when somebody does that, like when somebody reaches out to say something like that i gotta respect that and be like as hard as this is to hear Mm -hmm. this person is uh doing me a huge service just by reaching out and saying it yeah and i gotta love that and i gotta respect that receive that i gotta love them by receiving it well and and thanking them yeah and not making them feel horrible for saying something and yeah and i think that um don't be afraid to go and ask for forgiveness don't don't take yourself super seriously i think those are just like little things too like like you said relationships are defined by the difficult moments if you're it's gonna make or break the relationship if you're having a disagreement because every relationship when it reaches a certain depth there's gonna be a disagreement or conflict yeah and how you deal with those conflicts either make you closer or they drive you apart and you never want to talk again and be super hesitant to like close doors on friendships because god can bless you when you've gone through conflict together and you end up on the other side closer it's such a blessing so i think if you're not right semi-regularly coming back to the people who are closest to you and being like was that too much or did i like not in an insecure way but asking yeah, don't for be like feedback. apologizing for breathing but yeah but don't be afraid to apologize like, for you stuff that you ever, might have messed ever up on. come back around to anyone and say did I sound too harsh there? Or do you think that was a little bit much for what I said? Or maybe I was, if you've never done that, that's a problem. You should be doing that constantly. I think we all need to have self-reflection and feedback. That's something we need to be doing and asking for forgiveness. Be quick to ask for forgiveness. If, if you feel like you overstepped or you were emotional in your response, I think we should be regularly asking for forgiveness because we are sinners and we do get worked up about things. And then we speak out of, um, anger rather than love um if you're just someone who admits their wrongs and comes back around and and says sorry that's just a quality you of a friend you would want to have well it's it's almost like a a hack like a life hack in relationships (laughs) i feel like that it's in a way it's hard but in a way it's easy like just 
like all of us could just really use a dose of don't take yourself so seriously. Oh yeah, for sure. Like just get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal. Like we all mess up. We all do dumb things, right? And like if we can take that pill every week, take that vitamin every week and be like, whatever, I was dumb or whatever, I was emotional. Like I'm a sinner. Like just, just embrace that and embrace the fact that Jesus is working with you. But opening that door constantly and be like, you know, if, if you had any sort of weird thing like tension be like especially with guys it's kind of tough some like guys are like not like you know super touchy you can't blame it, your emotions right well since you're no, so you non-emotional can. you can't know guys get worked up like we get worked up <laughs> y'all like, just guys, don't like to admit here you yeah guys yeah for guys and maybe it's even tougher to be i don't know i think it's tough for everybody to be vulnerable but just yeah. to be like dude sorry if i got a little overboard there sorry i might have gotten a little too amped up on that in that conversation or like hey do you think i overstepped it there like just if you have this like regular life feedback loop of like with people that you have relationships with where you're inviting this corrective like you're basically kind of washing the floors every week and it's sparkling and you're just adjusting and getting better at being a friend and and that stuff, it, most of it is not a big deal. And yeah. It just gets washed away. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, you know, no worries. Lots of times they might say, oh, it's all good. Like they won't say anything. But yeah. the fact that you said it. And invited them into Already feedback, in yeah. their heart. Like, oh, okay. Kind of like this person, he sees it. She sees it. Like, okay, cool. Like they're not full of themselves. They're not blind to all their yeah. mistakes. Sometimes yeah. people will just say, oh, no, it's all good. Like yeah. they'll say that, but the fact that you reach out and apologize and be like, you know, I might yeah. have overdone it is already like a big uh, kind of release. Yeah. And, but when you don't do that, when you're a person who never ever apologizes for anything, uh, unless it's like the word, you know, explicit mistake, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like a gunk on the floor in mm-hmm. the relationship. It just keeps building up and building up, and that just erodes trust. And maybe you don't trust. Maybe you don't need to apologize, but just come back around and say, like, was that fine? Like if you're just even have a like a little alert in your head, like, shoot, maybe I overstepped. You don't need to always be apologizing for everything or constantly being insecure of how you're coming across. Because people have a tendency to do that. But um don't wait to be told like you have a big problem before you invite feedback. Like Yeah. You know, if you're never ever apologizing for anything, then you probably are likely you're stepping on some toes and no one's telling you. Like it's yeah. just, yeah, that's just the case. And another big thing with relationships is just learn to laugh, have some humor. Like like you said, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take other people super seriously. Sometimes we have bad days and we slip up and we get mad, but don't let it be like, oh my gosh, that person is so horrible. Can you believe that they acted that way? It's like, well, could have been me. You know, like give people grace and just laugh. Learn to laugh. If we can laugh at one another and not at one another, but together and like listen to someone's rant and then just poke fun at them. Like, well, you're having a bad attitude or whatever. Like, I think that just disarms a lot of that weird pride we can have. And and as Christians, like you're most equipped to laugh because grace means we're all forgiven. Like Jesus means we are forgiven for our sins and grace also means that there's a way for us all to grow yeah and we can we can live with the expense of being exposed and not being insecure that's like the constant daily challenge like grow in grace that means that like grow in your confidence in christ justification and acceptance perfect acceptance even though you're not perfect still and so 
your failures, your slip ups, your mess ups, all that stuff doesn't impact your standing in Christ. Yeah. And that should give you like just more of a lighthearted freedom about like, man, I did mess up again. Ugh. Well, I I love that these people are, you know, the church and we're all in the same boat and we don't reject people just yeah. because they messed up. Yeah. Because we're all messed up and we're all held by Jesus in yeah. his grace. So just some tips for the relational life as we're learning to be disciples in the nitty gritty details of life there's like this term for it called like social intelligence which is like such a secular term but but it like a huge a lot of these things play into that word like learning to be socially intelligent with our relationships and christians need to be socially intelligent because we are supposed to love people yeah and so that that's our calling you know we're all in different places on the spectrum on that but that's common calling to all of us so thank you guys so much for listening sticking with us uh we would love to hear what you think uh share this episode with a friend if you thought it was helpful and uh give us a review on itunes if you haven't done that so far uh or if you haven't done that yet because that helps other people find the show check out well-said.org which is kind of the website home of this podcast and uh, the blog and articles that i write weekly there And check us out on Instagram and Facebook, and we will talk to you again soon.